Welcome to Point with Daryl Jones, speaker, author, and lead pastor of the Rock Fellowship Church in Miami, Florida, and president of Point Ministries. Our goal at Point Ministries is to point you to the Word of God, where Jesus is the point. Today's message is from the Christ Supreme series, where Dr. Jones teaches verse by verse through the book of Colossians to show that Jesus Christ reigns supreme above any alternative the world offers. Now let's join him for today's message. Colossians 2, starting in verse 16, and it says, Therefore, don't let anyone judge you in regard to food and drink, or in the matter of a festival, or a new moon, or a Sabbath day. These are a shadow of what was to come. The substance is Christ. Let no one condemn you by delighting in ascetic practices and the worship of angels, claiming access to a visionary realm. Such people are inflated by empty notions of their unspiritual mind. He doesn't hold on to the head from whom the whole body, nourished and held together by its ligaments and tendons, grows with growth from God. If you died with Christ to the elements of this world, why do you live as if you still belong to the world? Why do you submit to regulations? Don't handle, don't taste, don't touch. All these regulations refer to what is destined to perish by being used up. They are human commands and doctrines. Although these have a reputation for wisdom by promoting self-made religion, false humility, and severe treatment of the body, they are not of any value in curbing self-indulgence. Today's title is Addition is Subtraction. Addition is Subtraction. He starts off and he says, don't let anyone judge you in regard. And then he gives this list. It, it makes me think when he gives this call, he says, beware, watch out. Don't let anyone judge you. It's, it's watch out for these false claims to this hyper spiritualized legalism. You know, sometimes you may have walked up on someone's house. Uh, you visit it for the first time and you see on their fence and it says, beware of dog. Now, what that is, that's a warning. That's calling attention to anybody that gets this close. If you come in here, watch out. There's a dog on the premises and you may pay the price. If you trespass, if you come behind this fence, you have a problem. He says, watch out for these spiritual umpires that are here to judge you based off rituals and regulations. One of the unfortunate things in church life is we have these spiritual umpires, these spiritual referees that are calling it like they see it. And many times they're not calling it according to the standard given by Christ, but calling it based off of man-made religion and traditions. Here, he lists a few things here that they are calling out. And he says, people are trying to judge others within the church in regard to food regulations and new moons and festivals and Sabbath days. And he says, you've missed the point of even what those things served as in the old covenant. Now here, there's a little more to what's known or thought to be the Colossian heresy, the, the, the 
erroneous teaching that the Colossian church is facing that they are combating. And Paul is combating throughout the letter because he doesn't want them getting distracted or off track of what it really means to follow Christ. And here it's a little different than what was going on in the letter to the, the Galatians, because in the Galatians, they were dealing with more so Judaizers of the call for Christians to really be saved. They need to become Jews also and practice Judaism along with following Christ. And that's that's a different separate issue. And that's not exactly. But we see some hints here in using some of these old covenant rituals, regulation and observances when it comes to what's being judged as if they are walking truly in Christ. It's so sad. It's, it so hurts me when I see people come to Christ and then they're in a local expression of the body of Christ. They're at a local church or in a particular denomination or in a particular region, and all of a sudden, all these added rules get put on top of them of what it means to follow Christ. What does it mean to trust Christ? What does it mean to truly be saved? And it gets to a point, they're like, I don't even know if I'm saved. I don't even know if I'm living with Jesus. What are the things I need to do? Why? Because they keep adding, and the more you add to Jesus, the more you actually subtract from what Jesus has done and accomplished. Here, we have just some examples of what's going on in Colossae and what he's identifying, he says, don't let them judge you. Don't let them make a, a qualification upon you based off of whether you are participating in these food regulations. Who we see in Mark 7, 19, Jesus declared all foods clean. So it's not a spiritual issue. And some people like to appeal to health and spirituality. There are foods that can be unhealthy for you. And yet you can honor the Lord eating them. Uh, and I, I do tell people you, you got to protect your temple so you don't want to be just indulging and, 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 and overeating and eating bad things, destroying the temple so you can't perform. But if you eat a particular food, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're sinning against the Lord. He had these food regulations. He says these celebrations of feasts and new moons. Some people believe, OK, is it, is it just the feast, the Jewish feast that are celebrated? Those had a purpose for the nation of Israel to remind them of what God, Jehovah, Yahweh has done what the Lord has done for him. New moon festivals, a monthly festival. Then he even says Sabbath, weekly festivals, weekly times. He says, and this, this will be a whole other message, but he says, they, don't let them judge you in regard to how you're observing the Sabbath. Most people today, they think the Sabbath was just for worship. The Sabbath was actually a rest day. Worship was for every day. Matter of fact, you see worship called at different times. Solemn assemblies called at different times, not just even on a Sabbath day throughout the old covenant. So the Sabbath day was not for worship alone. Worship was every day. There were forms of worship every day. The Sabbath was for rest. He says, look, don't let them judge you even in regard to how you participate or not with the Sabbath. And then he says, why? He says, for all these things were a shadow of what was to come. The substance the reality is Christ, and he's trying to make sure that they understand this, that they don't let some sort of legalism in regard to what they do and when they, when they worship and how they worship and all these different things, these stipulations dictate their salvation or their discipleship. 
Now, there are many ways that we see this played out today. Certain things that have been added on the do's and don'ts. And again, this is one of those sermon series, and especially in chapter two, where a lot of toes get stepped on. But I think it's important because we need to be freed from some of this thinking. Some of this has had us in bondage in the standpoint of your salvation is not dictated upon what kind of shoes you wear or even your clothing. Or we have some that make up in and of itself for ladies not sending you to hell. We have some church traditions that if a lady come in church with makeup on, she's sinning. I'm like, that's not in record in, according to the scripture. Now, you can sin against the Lord with certain motivations. Now, if her motivations are wicked, then that may be a problem. But we have, we have added on to so many different regulations and different things that actually are keeping people from Christ and people, keeping people from growing in Christ. We have to be careful when we do things and, and how we do. We have, see, we have forms and functions. There are certain functions within the church and the body of Christ that never go away, but there are different forms in how we do it. We may do th some things differently at different times, and it's fine, as long as we're not sinning against the Lord and what he calls sin. These added regulations and going back to the old when the old was pointing to the new. That's why Jesus repeatedly said, man, look, don't, don't put new wine in old wineskins. Why? Because that thing will burst. The new wine goes in new wineskins. When Jesus came, the new covenant has come. And all was pointing to Jesus. He is the substance. He is the reality. So let's not add to him because to add to him is to subtract. But, but then there's this other side. There's this hyper-spiritualism that he dives into. In verse 18, he calls he says, let no one condemn you. Now, this, this is, he says, don't let anybody disqualify you. Don't let anybody take away from, from they word is just like a prize, taking away a prize. Don't let anybody disqualify you or, or take anything or rob from you your position with Christ. When it comes to these hyper-spiritualized things, he says that they delight in ascetic practices, and worship of angels. They claim and, and discuss, talk about these visionary realm, these visions that they have. And he says, this is nothing but empty notions in their unspiritualized mind. He says, they, they, they've placed too much reverence on angels. Now we see this, I've seen and talked to people, they are so concerned about angels and demonic forces and, and, and guardian angels in their, and even praying and talking to saints for help thinking that these saints of old have transitioned to be like guardian angels and they can actually help us. That is idolatry. That is to say Jesus is not enough and I need others. It's very easy. I, I, I don't want to say that this is something that's like, man, this thing is foolish. How, how could you even fall into that? In Revelation, it's interesting. In Revelation, the apostle John, he's receiving a vision. It's communicating to him through this angel, and we see twice in Revelation 19 and in Revelation 22, in this episode, in this conversation and dealing with this angel, there's two times that the apostle John, the beloved John, the one who sat with Jesus, the one who walked with Jesus, talked with Jesus, spent time with, in, doing Jesus' earthly ministry, was very close. This John, two times, 
goes to bow down before this angel and the angel has to stop and says, no, don't do that. I'm a servant just like you. We worship God alone. Be careful what we bow down to, what we place a reverence on that should only go towards the Lord himself. Don't put anything in his place or anything above him. You don't look for angelic help. You don't call on angels for assistance. You call to Jesus. Now, we do see, when we, you know, we, you go into some angelology. Angels do serve as ministering spirits, but they under command of the Lord. So we call to the Lord. We call on Jesus. And if Jesus is going to use an angel, if it's just going to be the Holy Spirit within us, his prerogative of how he's going to do what he's going to do in our lives belongs to the Lord. We don't look to created beings. We don't give created beings that honor and reverence that is only do the Lord. He says they, 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 they worship angels and they, they, they claim these visions. We hope this message is blessing you today. Before we continue, we want you to know about Point Ministry resources. Please visit daryljones.org. That's D-A-R-Y-L jones.org and subscribe to receive our refuel devotional and view other discipleship materials. Our goal is to point you to the word of God where Jesus is the point. Now let's rejoin Dr. Jones for the rest of today's message. I'm always, I'm tripped out when I see people talk about all these, this new revelation that they receive. And they place themselves above other believers because they, they claim to have this special or kind of higher relationship with the Lord where they get these visions and God shows them things and really it becomes arrogance. It's prideful because they're claiming things that actually even go beyond. And one of the things I do, I listen to them. I listen. Now, now I, do, I do believe still we see in the old and, and the new covenant, God speaks by the power of his Holy Spirit through visions and dreams. This is not what they're talking about here in this passage. I'm talking about when somebody comes on stage or they on a YouTube or they on some kind of thing and they talk about this vision they had and they go to describing all these things and none of them match what you see in the scripture. And they're claiming to be this super spiritual person that others should follow and listen to, that others should seek to emulate. And what they're doing, again, is saying, Jesus, not enough. I need to add to him. I need to add to him. And he says, this, this super spiritualized, this spiritualism, this super hyper spiritual elitism is nothing but fleshly arrogance. Then he also appeals to this, these ascetic practices. This can be sad because there are many through the ages. We've seen this in times of, of monks. We've seen this in different um, groups or sects within Christianity that they retreat to live in minimalistic, um, harsh treatment of the body, uh, denying themselves certain things uh, to, quote unquote, suffer for Christ. And what we find that, that that goes well beyond the practice of prayer and fasting. That goes well beyond because God has given us four things to enjoy in this life to the glory of God. Now, again, I'm not talking about sinful practices. I'm talking about the things that God has given us in life for us to enjoy 
when it comes to relationships and family and, 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 and even food and some, some material things that don't own us, but we own them and use them to the glory of God. These ascetic practices that don't look, don't taste, don't, don't touch all these things. And he, he doesn't give explicit examples. He gives some generic things. But it's like the withholding, the thing that you're going to grow spiritually when actually it becomes, again, a fleshly arrogance. Because you think that I'm stronger and I'm more Christian than you because I don't do these things. I'm going to stay away from this and I'm going to show how much I love Jesus because... Even the things that Jesus has said good, I'm still going to refrain because I love Jesus all the more. And he's warning us, don't fall into this. Don't, 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 don't mistreat the body. Don't mistreat others. Don't, th these, these food regulations you think make you super spiritual? No, it's not. It's actually getting in the way of what true spiritual growth is what it really means to honor and give glory to Christ. This spiritualized legalism, we got to be careful with it, y'all. Now, again, I said this is not in regard to dealing with sin. This is that side of things that when we are in the body of Christ, where we add on these stipulations. And we saw Jesus repeatedly would get on the Pharisees for doing this very thing. See, the Pharisees, a lot of times they get a bad rap. It's a little more bad said about them than actually kind of really is, it should be. See, the Pharisees weren't, they weren't a political group. They were like a, a, almost like a religious denomination within Judaism. And the Pharisees were like, look, we're not going to be disciplined like we were before when we sinned against the Lord and then the Lord sent the Assyrians and the Babylonians, wiped us out, carried us off into their lands. And then after 70 years in Babylon, under Babylon and then Medo-Persia, we were returned back just like God said he would do. And now one of the Romans, he says, look, the Pharisees were like, look, that's not going to happen again. We are going to keep the law. We will not, we will not transgress the law. So what they did was they built other laws around the law. And they said, we're going to keep from breaking God's law because we're going to put a hedge or a fence around God's law of, of additional laws. And we're not going to break those. So as long as we don't break those, we know we won't break God's law. And Jesus criticism each time to them is that you have elevated the laws of men above the laws of God. You have elevated the traditions of men above the word of God. And this is exactly what the Apostle Paul is dealing with here, that this same temptation, this same thing, this same attack is coming against Christianity and what it means to truly follow Christ. He says, watch out for these things. Don't let these people judge you and condemn you based off of man-made religion based off of traditions of men based off the elemental things of the world you do not order your lives by them anymore your life is ordered by christ why because he goes into verse 20 if you die with christ to the elements of this world why do you live as if you still belong to the world he goes back to our incorporation with christ just before this, remember, he talked about we were baptized with Christ. We've been circumcised with the circumcision not made by hands, but a 
circumcision of the heart. It's a spiritual circumcision where the, the sinful flesh has been cut off. Our identity is found totally in Jesus Christ. If we die to these things of the world, why would we still walk in them? Those things have been removed. And now our faith, our salvation, and our level of discipleship is not defined in these external things. It's found in Jesus and in his finished work. This is why he says, you have been freed from these things. You know, and, and this is the thing. Yes, there is a standard. Jesus has given us a standard. There is a way to live in righteousness and a way to live in wickedness. But one of the things that is a truth that many of us in our, in our flesh that we have a hard time with is the freedom and liberty we really do have in Christ. That our perspective needs to change, that we have been freed up because our head and our growth comes from Christ. Christ is our head. Christ Jesus is our source. He's our everything and he fits and molds the whole body together. Matter of fact, he even uses these medical terms. He says these tendons and ligaments. Tendons and ligaments, that's bone to bone, muscle to bone. He's saying the whole body, the body of Christ is put together and held together by Christ. And this is where our life pulsates from. This is where our growth comes from. So our growth is not going to come from these ascetic practices or paying illegitimate attention in reverence to angels, to observing these rituals. That's not where our growth is going to come from. He has set us free from these elemental things of the world. He has set us free from the old order of things. He has set us free from putting hurt and harm on our body and us trying to suffer for the Lord. The only way we suffer for the Lord is when we stand up for Christ and the world persecutes us. That's what it means to suffer for the Lord. It's not suffering for the Lord when you put self-hurt. You know, I remember I had a conversation with a young lady on the airplane, struck up and came out. I was a preacher she had some questions and she practiced some, some mystical type things and, um, you know, was real, just, just honestly, just kind of out there and, and living life and what she thought and supported. And we had these conversations and uh, the Lord allowed me to be able to work our way to the gospel. And, uh, and it came through, I was asking her a lot of questions. And as I asked questions, she brought up the word grace. Now, when she brought up the word grace, she brought it up uh, in a way that didn't fit what we actually call grace when it comes to God's grace. So when we look at what the Bible has to say about grace, but it, it, it was it was an open door that kind of took me to what grace really is. So I explained what grace was and she was like, oh, yeah, I, I get that. And then from there, I explained the gospel. And this was her word. This, these were her words. And it blew my mind. She said, man. That sounds too good to be true. And my response to her was, yes, it is. And she said, hold on, you're telling me I don't have to like atone for things I do wrong and I don't have to make up for and I don't have to try to do these things to please God and, and make God like me and love me. And I said, no, you don't. Matter of fact, we can't do enough to a holy and righteous God. And from there, I began to unpack even more what it means to follow Jesus because it clicked for us. She was like, hold on, I don't have to do 
I just accept and receive what Christ has done. I don't have to add to what Jesus has done. Remember, addition is subtraction. If I have to add to Jesus, I subtract from what he's done. A lot of us, we're doing a lot of hard work. We're doing a lot of hard work. And you know what? It's the wrong assignment. We're trying, we trying to live up to Jesus when God ain't called us to do that. We're trying to atone for our own sins. We're trying to make up for our own sins. We're trying to make ourselves. And if I do just a little bit more, if I work a little bit harder, if I show a little more sacrifice, then I'm more worthy of Jesus. And God is like, man, that's the wrong assignment. I didn't give you that job. I gave Jesus that job. He went down and lived the life you were supposed to live. He died the death you deserve and he is risen so that you can know you have forgiveness. You're doing the wrong job. You're working hard. Matter of fact, you're doing a great job. Still a wrong assignment, if. If you're trying to please God or earn God's favor, you get a big fat F, failing grade. Because we can't do it, you can't do it. And that's not our job. That's not our assignment. Our assignment is to live out the purpose he's given us in Christ. And we trust Christ. And we live for Christ. And it's in him that we have everything. And it's in him that our salvation is sure. And our growth in him as we trust him is sure. We just hold on to him. Thank you for listening to Point with Daryl Jones. This was just one part from the Christ Supreme series where we learn Jesus Christ has no rival and that he reigns supreme. If this ministry has blessed you and you would like to partner with Point Ministries, please visit daryljones.org. That's D-A-R-Y-L jones.org. Your financial generosity keeps us on the air, and we are grateful for your faithfulness. Also, if you would like to hear more from the Christ Supreme series, please visit daryljones.org. And remember, keep making Jesus the point.